Coming up, we're going to answer some first-timer questions about Universal Orlando from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. This is the Universal Edition of The Diz Unplugged. This is episode 218 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is also brought to you by Disboards.com. If you're looking for even more information to help you plan your Universal Orlando vacation, head over to Disboards.com and join the discussion today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. I am your host, Craig Williams. Today, I am joined alongside by my co-host, Ryan, the Rhino Clavin. Hello. Hello. Welcome to this week's episode, Rhino. Thank you. People Thank have started to call me the Rhino. <laughs> I know. I, I didn't think it would ever pick up this much, but it kind of has a little bit. I mean, not totally, but... I am the Rhino, but you don't have to say... You don't have to refer to me as the Rhino. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like it's kind of similar to Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It's like when you come up to him, he may be like, "Oh, you're the Rock," yeah. but then after that, you just say, "Well, Rock, teach yeah. me about your ways. Teach me how to be like you." But you don't say, "Well, Mister the Rock" or anything yeah. like that. I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to say, "Well, well, can the Rhino teach me how to be a better person?" No, it's the Rhino. <laughs> no, Will he you can't. Teach me? So, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's the caveats on using that. Thank you for being here, nonetheless. Uh, thank you all for tuning into this one. I think we might be having a nice, helpful episode for uh, people still considering a first time trip or people trying to uh, maybe have had one trip before, still need more to learn about Universal. Uh, it's not we're just coming up with like a first timer's guide. I actually I've been talking about this for almost a month and a half, I think now at this point where I went on the boards and found uh, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of threads on the universal boards on disboards.com are always centered around people asking about first timer advice for universal. Uh, I don't. I think a lot of our audience generally, I know, especially on the boards, are, are Disney people that are still considering trying Universal for the first time or finally giving in, and they want extra information about it. So there's always lots of first-timer questions. We're going to – I found some, like I said, that stuck out to me at the time that maybe we're going to answer those, and they kind of help with uh, with planning your vacation maybe in the future and we're just going to go from there so uh, it, this works out it's finally a slow news week there was only one real big story there and uh, Rhino what was that story Hagrid 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 they showed the Hagrid animatronic they showed some quick little uh, video of it uh, and uh, pictures of it so pretty yeah. impressive yeah. so uh, it looks like Robbie Coltrane yeah it uh, I well it, Robbie it, Coltrane right yeah yeah okay yeah. just yes. second guess myself I know it's because Robbie Coltrane sounds like it should be He's someone like as sexy singer? as well it sounds like it should be a sexy Robbie Williams type person yeah. but then also like maybe the smooth jazz of John Coltrane yeah that's uh, what it is I think it's a you got stars direct <laughs> That was the. I was adding a little bit of the. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I regret done. it. Good drumming. Good, good job. This there, is why so. I'm not a musician. Yeah, that's high, you. Great work on those hi hats there. <laughs> <laughs> that's podcasting. <laughs> Yippee! <laughs> 
anyway, anywho, on that, yeah, they they revealed the Hagrid animatronic that will be. Uh, I guess we shouldn't say that they're still going animated figure. Like I know. Oh yeah, sorry. I, well, the the problem I have is that animatronic has grown outside. I get that Walt Disney Imagineering and the such termed the phrase audio they coined it audio animatronic but it's now it's literally what they're called they're animatronics so don't don't try to beat around the bush on it it's not like you have to say like audio animatronics copyrighted trademark it's not it's far as i know that's not on there it just sounds convoluted when you're saying lifelike animated figure yeah like it's call it what it is it's an an again Maybe I'm wrong about that. I didn't think there was any copyright on animatronic that it can only be used if it's if it's with if it's a Disney produced one. Maybe it is. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's it looks impressive and it it should look good in the ride. Hopefully, so we already saw Fluffy moving those heads and such. So. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you on that. There wasn't enough to holster an entire episode on it. They like they released a whole bunch of fun facts and figures with it, but I, I know you're reading about animatronics right now. I did too, not know it. the first one ever was used in Mary Poppins. I thought that they were before that. And well, th- this says that this says that animatronics were first introduced by Disney in nineteen sixty two for the film Mary Poppins, released in nineteen sixty four, which features an animatronic bird. But yes. I'm like, when did the tiki room open? Tiki Room was 1965. Oh, see, we're learning here together. Yeah, and uh, but even then, it goes back to like they there was they, you know uh, they had one man's dream. I can't remember if it's still there, but there was like the early prototype of an animatronic with the little Buddy Ebsen dancing figure and stuff going into that. But I, I think the point still stands. An animatronic's an animatronic is an animatronic. And uh, it's I will call it a lifelike animated figure if I have to. I hope Universal can come up with something uh, a little bit more succinct and to the point. But I'm oh, hey, oh. getting a call from Popka. Oh, lovely spam phone calls that always find their way mm, through to us. I don't know. I feel like that one might be a doctor or something. Who knows? So I did escape. <laughs> Uh, more on that later but anywho uh, because there's not really that much to say about Hagrid besides what we already said uh, I'm going to go and move on to our actual topic like we talked about uh, the the first timer tips so uh, this one is is it's a little bit long here who knows this could end up being the entire show as a whole but this one came from it is, I, I do not believe this is a Disney exclusive word anymore just to wrap that conversation up as they refer to E.T. being an animatronic as well as Jaws in the actual film. They are referred to on set as animatronics. Okay, there we there go. go. So that's information that would have been a little bit more helpful yesterday. That's also a Universal movie. Look at us bringing it all around. Okay. So, uh, yes, back to the first-timer planning trips. Kai Girl said, common story. I, that sounded really condescending. I, it was great. It was great questions. Uh, common story, I suppose, but we are a veteran Disney family considering a trip to Universal. I'm thinking about offering a trip to my daughter for her seventh birthday this summer instead of having a birthday party because she has recently become a total Harry Potter nut, and I desperately hate having kids' birthday parties. One, the dates I had in mind for park days were June 10th, 11th, and 12th, which I just realized is right before the new Hagrid ride opens. So that brings two questions. First, will the park be extra crowded that week, leading 
up to the open? And secondly, should we extend the trip a day to try to see the new ride or will it be so crowded we wouldn't have a chance? I don't have any experience with this new with these new ride openings. So, Rhino, any thoughts on that? I don't think the park will be that much crowded leading up to it. It's because it's not like a land, you know, yeah. so I don't think people are people are like, oh, cool. I'm going to check that out yeah. the next time I'm there. Let, let's be honest with Universal's track record as of lately showing with uh, Jimmy Fallon as well as Fast and Furious Supercharged. Uh, there's no promises in this life, but there might be soft openings for Hagrid's uh, Magical oh, yeah. Creatures Motorbike yeah. Adventure uh, technical rehearsals. And so I couldn't tell you when they might start, but I would say Universal has tried to do technical rehearsals for their attractions when possible. And so there's a chance that it could be already open before you get there. Not not officially, officially open. Obviously, that does happen on June 13th. But there's a chance that all those crowds that, you know, might you think are coming just for that, they might have already ridden it. And I'm talking specifically about locals, annual pass holders. Yeah, Kong was like that. Yeah. It, it was like fully functional and open pretty much every day. Yeah, and the grand opening actually had to be pushed back because of the uh, of the terrible events of Pulse. Yeah. It was that was right at the same time as the grand opening and they're like, no, it's we, we have to move it. And obviously they they had to in that. But even you're right with that. That was like it was a month, I think, in yeah, advance yeah. that they were going. And it was like that. not like, oh, you might catch it open. It was pretty much open every day. So yeah. uh, there is some flexibility with that though. Uh, as is there will probably be a grand opening event for it. Uh, they probably the day of on like the 12th, I would say that probably won't have any technical rehearsals that day because they'll probably like have a stage or something around or be doing media to walk through uh, before the grand opening. Um, so you might get into that on the 12th, maybe even on the 11th too, but I would even say maybe on the 10th, you might get lucky and see it, but I can't, I think the crowds will come on the day that it opens. Yeah, I, th and, I think day of for sure. And then after that, you might get lucky. It might not be too busy, but uh, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be too crazy. But you definitely need to try to experience it. So I. But you know what? Is it, it going to be so crowded? We won't have a chance. You know what? It's it's a brand new attraction. From everything I hear, it's going to be so amazing. It's worth putting in that two-hour wait. Probably. Well, also maybe talk it over with your seven-year-old too to be yeah. like, does she even want to go on a roller coaster? Yeah, I because this is an outdoor roller coaster yes. as opposed to the other two Harry Potter like coaster esques that are inside. Yeah, and while it's it will be family friendly, uh, there will be scary moments to it, and it will be uh, you know it's going to have a launch that's like fifty miles an hour in it, so it's awesome. also going to get pretty quick. It, so might not be awesome for a seven-year-old, but could be perfect, too. So uh, too soon to know on that. We'll know once it's open. But moving on. So we'll be looking at either three- or four-day park tickets. I'm also considering two nights at one of the hotels that will provide Express Pass to get the three days of Fast Passes. Uh, or three days of passes. How do you decide if it's worth to upgrade to a season pass for discounts, etc.? I never even been close for us to uh, Disney, but my understanding was sometimes it that sometimes that can be okay at universal does that make sense also i will also use undercover tours for disney best option here too if we get regular tickets um you know universal is already always offering uh 
ticket discounts and ticket specials Mm -hmm. right through their own stuff, not having to buy through something like Undercover Tourist or any any sites like that. So I think right now they're doing their buy two days, get two free, or buy two days, get three free. Yeah, it's three three free because I think it adds up to five. And I was like, oh, that's a deal. That's right. We just talked about that a couple couple weeks ago. So like they're already offering ridiculous deals with stuff like that. Um, With a season pass, if you're only doing a couple days, no. That's not that's not enough to justify no. moving up to it. You you need a lot more days than that. A lot of extra trips coming up in the future to really justify that. So uh, I would just go with get the hotel, get the express pass, get the most out of your days yeah. there. And you know what? If Universal is not something you want to come back to for a while, so be it. But maybe it'll be a place you get attached to. You never know. Moving on, while I know the fancy hotels are priced well below Disney Deluxes, it's still a real stretch for us. We usually bring our sorry, we usually bring our camper to Disney and stay at Fort Wilderness. Is the Express Pass really worth it? I guess June would be absolutely packed. Our last three times at Disney were in January, so I'm really concerned about crowds. Also, the best of the three hotels for a family of three with a seven-year-old. Yeah, so, seven is the number today. So, uh, so breaking it down, is the Express Pass really worth it in June? I would say now, yeah. Um, Universal feels like it's been crazy when, like, the rule of thumb is okay. Well, you know, it's not. It's at the end of spring break or the start of spring break. It's at the beginning of summer. At the end of summer, usually when the other parks around the area start to die off, Universal feels like it's still tour group central. Yeah, all over. So I'm going to go ahead out on a limb and say, even though some schools will be be already, uh, some schools will be out, some will still be in. I'm going to go ahead and say that if it's in June, you're just safer off having Express Pass if possible. This is the first trip, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I I think maybe like if there is the risk of the crowd, you want to just make sure that you're able to see it all on the first trip. You know, and getting the hotel the hotel with express 99 times out of 100 now is cheaper than getting express separately and staying at a cheaper place yeah so uh, it still can happen where you can make that a better deal but to be honest uh you're bet you're going to be better off with the hotel room uh you know maybe and you said what's the best of the hotel for a family of three with a seven-year-old well i well i think all three hotels uh that offer express hard rock Royal Pacific and Portofino Bay, I think they'd all be perfect for a family of three with a seven-year-old. Uh, you might as well go for whatever one's just the cheapest, if that's yeah. that's the case. So <clears throat> t- typically, uh, on, a, on a normal scale, Royal Pacific will be the cheapest of the hotels that'll have the lowest starting price. But if it's a lot fuller, prices are higher there, sometimes you can get Hard Rock or Portofino for a better price than you can Royal Pacific. So you just kind of have to base it on that. Go, go with whatever's cheapest. Either way, all three of them are in great locations. They all have a fun feel to them. They all have a, a, something that I think is cool for, for kids in that age range, whether it's the awesome pool at Portofino, um, the, the pretty not as good pool at Royal Pacific, but still pretty okay, mm-hmm. um, or then at Hard Rock Hotel, uh, the the water music in the pool and stuff like that. So it all comes down to pools for me. I guess that's what I think all seven-year-olds just want to do is swim. But I think that's also kind of right, right? Yeah, I mean, that's I, I think a lot of people come from places that don't – pools aren't like a normal thing, you know? 
like somebody you know probably has one, but you might be a kid who didn't have one. Yeah. Okay, this next one. Oh, oh bye. Oh, bye. <laughs> We're back. Uh, this next one's a little more on the controversial side with it. So uh, my daughter is, I think, almost exactly 48 inches tall. In January, they let us in line for Rock and Roller Coaster at Hollywood Studios, but then not on the ride. Cue Ooh. the tears. When we measure her at home in her shoes, she is over 48 inches. Her parents with kids like that found they usually make it. To be clear, I'm not trying to cheat the system or get her into something that it's not safe. Thank you. That's a local place. There's a local place here that measures uh, for little rides, and I think they must add two inches to their sticks or something. So I'm asking if Universal's 48 is a true-to-life 48 inches, I guess. The trip the trip is for her, so if she couldn't probably couldn't get on the rides, it's not worth it. Uh and of course, the Harry Potter attractions, you know, like Forbidden Journey, that is 48 inches. So that's that's where it gets very important. Uh, same thing goes for, for Hagrid's. Um, it is 48 inches. I, I will say that we kind of had this debate every now and then at Universal because on days where it was really crazy, we also would have then a stick that we could use to measure heights that we would measure to be exactly to 48 inches and then put tape around. And Mm. the question that we always got is, well, how do I know you didn't just move the tape? It's like, well, because people bang the stick on the ground and start to rub it. It's something that's checked regularly to make sure that it's always at the right level. So, and the same goes for the height places they're, they're placed, you know, with, and engineers are putting this stuff in contractors are putting this stuff in. They're not going to like get to that and be like, you know what? Let's cheat the system a little bit. I'm yeah. going to make it 47 inches, and it's going to be all fine. That being said, if you're saying you're measuring her at home and she's in the shoes over 48 inches, uh, that's you're, you're fine. Honestly, uh, a big part of it is little kids don't know proper, pop, proper, proper, Pro- proper, proper posture. Proper and posture, proper posture. So proper posture. they will. <laughs> it's a hard one for Craig. It's, uh, no, it sounds like one of those like you're warming up before yeah. the play. You're like proper posture. Thrusts. I can't even do it. Proper posture. Uh, a lot of kids that I would see in the day that were Harry Potter had proper posture <laughs> in the posthumous. <laughs> Shut up, Richard. Uh, I, I would see kids go and stand up, and they, you know, obviously first instinct is to stand on your toes, and then you push your feet back down and say, "Nope, can't do that." That's not how this works. Sit Next down. thing they do is they they go and they're like, "You're like stretch out, stand up straight, and like get." Get get your shoulders up and everything. Get your get elevated. Extend your body, and they don't kind of get that. So the next thing they do is they just lift their head up <laughs> like this, and it's like you realize that like, your that's head, making you shorter. Your head yeah. is higher when you just stand up straight versus doing this. Your head then changes. They want to look to the sky and believe their <laughs> dreams will follow. Um, and so then it's like no 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 don't do that. Just stand up straighter, and they don't. They never get it, and it's like. I know they're tall enough. I have to visually see it, though. So until you can get them to do this, I can't let them on. And I'm like, I know they're right there. And I know they'd be good enough, but I have to visually see it first. (laughs) And it's like, and that's the thing. So It reminds me of that episode of The Simpsons where Bart puts the lollipops under his shoes and then... The tunnel hits him. Yes. <laughs> well, he's right. The little train. Um, so that's that's all I recommend is if you're worried about that, start teaching proper posture with it. Teach how to stand up straight. Harry Potter had proper posture when he punched Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> I'm going to make a whole thing. Nice. 
Uh, next is obviously I spend a year planning for Disney and we're well into that window, but my research indicates that's not a problem is universal. As long as I can get a room booking, I guess, right with fewer days, Overall, we wouldn't be working. Uh, we wouldn't be wanting big fancy dinners or anything, anyways. Both of the Harry Potter options are quick service, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Correct. Uh, oh, was that the question? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, and you don't need you don't need to plan anything. No, no, no. God, no. Yeah, no, nothing at all. So uh, that's the beauty of Universal. It's still like a Disneyland vacation. You could just show up last second, and you know, as long as you know what you want to do, that's the plan you need. Yeah, and let life take you from there. Then so, life will find a way. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I don't. I doubt that uh, Kai Girl listens or watches this show. If you do, thanks for asking you've those questions. You've been answered. Yeah, yeah you've been answered uh, way late. I'm sure you already made all these arrangements now because it's, like I said, it was over a month ago at this point. But uh, hopefully some of those questions help other people as well out there. So uh, and then there's... Uh, Sorry, I know I'm all over the place right now, but there was one that I wrote down here that then basically is like a lot of the same questions over again, which is probably why I uh, I, I I had that on there. So where was that at? Uh, oh, then there was one other one here that I, I think we got a lot from that question, but uh, this, this was questions, uh, first-time must-dos, from Disney, from Canadian Disney Nut. And Canadian Disney Nut says, hey, we booked today for five nights. We'll be staying at Cabana Bay. We'll have park-to-park and express passes and do plan to do all three parks. Are lanyards a must-have? Is it better to skip bringing a backpack? It sounds like fanny packs are acceptable. Any pro tips would be amazing. We mastered Disney and we're excited for a new adventure. So thank you in advance. So that's where I wanted to go with this. So friendly. I know. I know, right? So friendly. That's where that's where I wanted to go with this though. So we kind of got over some of those bigger questions uh, that might have helped Kai Girl and other people. So now this is kind of the miscellaneous things for a first timer that I wanted to talk about with stuff like that. So lanyards at Universal, do you think they're a must have? No. Yeah. I, I I never thought lanyards were a must have anywhere though. I'm not that person, so I don't know. I mean, you, if you want to keep your ticket in there. Sure, I I just don't get them. I don't know. Okay, well, see, this is where I completely disagree with you on this. Well, well explain to me the benefit of a lanyard, okay. actually, because maybe I just don't understand. So, at Walt Disney World, you're used to having a magic band, or, you know, you can still fight your way to get your key card, uh, but everything is technically under that one magic band. At Universal, your actual park ticket is different from what you have with your your hotel key card. So you have your hotel key card to get into the park, and then you also have your park ticket. So it's a way of keeping all your documents together yes. the entire trip? Yes. Sure, why not? Exactly. If you have the mail plan, you got a third card you got to hold on to anyways. Thank you. And then you start adding on that with the extras. You know, Hopefully your park ticket is one that already has Express right on the park ticket too, so you can double up on that. But it just it can get to the point where you have too much, and... Think about if if dad has has to be the one to keep all of this stuff together. And then first off, well, we forgot to write on our tickets, even though the person at the gate wouldn't let us go until we wrote on them. Well, you know, we didn't anyways. We just <laughs> snuck by. And now we don't know whose tickets who belong to who. And, like, it starts getting complicated. Whereas every if every person has their own lanyard, 
then you know, okay, if I'm staying on site, I can put my stuff in there. I can put my park ticket in there, my key card. It's just, it's a good way to keep organized. And, you know, it, some kids might not be ready to have lanyards on their own. So even then that's a thing like mom and dad. Okay. Well, I'll just, I know I have this lanyard. This Dr. Seuss lanyard is for me, but then the Harry Potter lanyard is for, for my little kid here. So I Mm -hmm. now know which one's theirs, which one's ours, this and that it can, it can just make life easier to me. So like I use a lanyard throughout Halloween horror nights. It's the only time I go because usually, uh uh-huh. Yep. When I go in, I will, on average, you know, if I have a backpack or something, that'll kind of change things, oh, and we'll get there. Idea, actually. Yeah. But I usually get my lanyard the first weekend, pay full price, even mm-hmm. though they go on sale for like ninety nine cents to to people later on in the year and stuff. But that's another argument for another day. I could just reuse ones from past years. I was just going to say the <laughs> same thing. I Mike, don't, you know you're coming back next time. Listen, that's the same thing for why don't you just buy last season's shoes? Because I don't want to. I'm kidding. I have not. I buy uh, new I shoes do. like once every four years. <laughs> okay. I was oh. like, I buy my shoes at Ross. Yeah. I I do not. I am usually two years behind trends. Uh, it has to reach the bargain places. But for Halloween Horror Nights, you know, I if I'm going on a light night, now that I don't have to worry about bringing back refillable cups anymore because they're no longer a ripoff unless they bring back the refillable cup I was just going to say, what if they bring back the refillable cup? If they do great. That, the Coke Zero one, we should say. Where oh, it, yeah, the, the freestyle machine yes, cup. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, and then again, I don't even get soda but, with that. But that even has the, that, the great thing had that loop. You could put it through your belt loop. Exactly. And not that I did. I did not do that. I do not want to take off my belt loop. I think I did that once. but um, You don't have to take off your belt. You just... The thing detached, and you put it through one loop, and then put it on there. That we, makes a lot more sense. Yeah, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, talking about unfastening my yeah, belt. What? It's not like a gun holster. <laughs> okay, well, apparently okay. I needed you for that one time that I actually okay. did that. Uh, that's more of a me problem right now than a you problem. I'll just say that much. Anywho, <laughs> so I'm all about the Coke freestyle mug that they did last year for annual pass holders, which was like whatever, 22 bucks. Or and something like you that. You got yeah. unlimited refills for the entire event and then a couple of days after. They bring back something like that. Then it adds to the mix of how much I want to carry. But if I'm going in with a quick night and I'm like, I want to stay – I want to stay completely hands-free as much as possible. You know, I'll have my phone in my pocket. Mm-hmm. I'll have my my wallet just in case. But a lot of times I throw in my credit card, my annual pass, my HHN ticket, and right there. The lanyards hold I, a lot. What? The lanyards hold a lot. They, they Some hold more than others. You okay. know, some you have to stretch out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I typically can get three things in there. So, you know, I'll want my credit card. I'll want my HHN ticket. I'll want my uh, my annual pass because most likely I'm going in early for yeah. uh, stay and scream. If I'm not doing that, then I don't need that even. All I need is my HHN ticket. I can leave my annual pass in the car. And then I need my ID in case I'm getting carded for drinks if I plan on drinking that night. So it's like I know with a lanyard just like that, I can go in and I'm hands-free then for the rest of the time. Uh, same thing kind of goes if you're just a normal day guest. If you really don't have anything going on at all, uh, if you're staying on site and you're just charging to your, your room, or, um, or, sorry, I'm going all over the place like that. Uh, if you if you just, if you have your room key, you have your park ticket, you have any other other thing like that, you want your credit card in there, you want your, um, your, your ID, you're talking about all of that. And then if you can go hands-free for the rest of the day, why not? Mm-hmm. So 
to me, that's my sell on lanyards. It's a big sell. It was a big sell. So let's say you want a little thing, uh, you want a little extra. You're not ready for a backpack. What about, what about an absatch? An absatch. You can bring Deborah out of retirement. No, we, that's the name of yep. my absatch. We well, and we're we're bringing absatch yeah. out of requirement. Do you uh, think an absatch fashionable is good? right now? Actually, so honestly, I'd say like yeah, step into fashion. They don't. They you wear them across the cross body bags now. Mm-hmm. So you don't. For some reason, we don't wear them around our waist anymore. But I, honestly, I literally had my absatch for this specific like for whenever i would go to universal because i'd be like i you could get away with not having to put stuff in lockers for some stuff for, for that type of an attraction like and i would only really be carrying like my keys and my wallet and i hate having like my keys my wallet myself i hate putting stuff in my pockets that's one of the reasons yeah. why i always have a backpack because i hate how bulky my pockets start to feel so like limiting yourself to a crossbody bag or something of that size is I think it's good because then you only have the little bit of stuff. Also, Universal uses x-ray machines, which are great. So it doesn't slow you down in that way, the way it does at Disney where you get stuck forever because somebody wants to find a secret zip pouch that you don't have anywhere in your bag. Um, but I, the thing to be careful about is the lockers have changed sizes. Yeah. So like my normal backpack that if you've watched any of our vlogs that you see me carry, it nothing bigger than that and i cannot have much things in that like with my camera in the bag i can't really get my camera yeah i can't really get my bag into that yeah into Uh, a locker and then you're talking about having to get charged for a bigger locker in that situation at attractions that have a bigger one um i'm actually all for the uh the absatch so it's rules have also uh come and gone in that and um you know, uh, back in the day, it forbidden. I don't know where it currently stands. I don't wear an absatch to the parks. I don't wear a fanny pack, waist pack, whatever you want to call it. So it's it's something that I'm out of my element in. A lot of times, we would tell people uh, way back in the day to actually to actually use them. Like back yeah. on uh, back on dragons before we uh, before we added the metal detectors. That was a thing where you could ride that with a fanny pack. Um, well, that's why you I put a shit to the side, and you think can like get the on. mummy. Maybe I would wear it for or something like yeah, that. There was an attraction because I was like, "Well, I just put it on and put my shirt over it." Yeah, and Forbidden Journey was the same thing. As long as you could Forbidden sit down Journey. in there and it wasn't interrupting the harness or anything, then you're fine to to wear that too. So it's you know it it all comes down to sometimes too with that. Like, hey, if no one spots it, then you know you're you're. Chances are, as long as it's not affecting you on the ride, then you'll be fine wearing it. But you know, if if a team member sees you and says you you can't wear that, you need to you need to go put that in the locker. There's no way around it. You have to yeah. go do that. So, uh, but you never again. You never know. It's just it's it's probably safer up front to just always ask a team member uh, if you think anything's okay, and they'll always tell you the flat out truth with it. But I'm. I'm Again, I'm saying, and if you're wearing a long shirt and it covers up that fanny pack and and it's not going to affect the ride and you want to keep it with you, uh, you know, chances are you probably be okay. If it's got metal detectors, ain't no way you're getting through with anything mm-hmm. at all. So don't even don't even try it. But that's some some good advice littered with some bad bite advice in there. But I, I think it can. It's just a lot easier, like you said, with the lockers. Now it's just going to fit in so much better unless you're like planning to climb Everest one day and you need the largest absatch in the world. But uh, yeah, overall go with the absatch. I'm at the point now I 
I think I'm yeah. over a backpack at Universal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I now think it's for most occasions and most people, I think I'm not going to recommend it. My thing is if you have anything that can get damaged by water. So I bring the backpack in case it starts raining for my camera, but that's yeah. exclusive to my situation. Yeah. If I didn't always have to carry a camera with me, I wouldn't have a backpack. Uh, if you have dietary issues and you need to always carry snacks or medication, mm-hmm. anything like that, of course, I recommend it. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we have to, with our cameras, Not I'm like, a lot of times I'm fine going in with my camera, especially if I have an umbrella or something. I know I can throw that up last second and i'll be fine sometimes though like i'll go through security we have the most we have the smallest onboard mics on our cameras that we could ever possibly have they're not the kind that are giant and fluffy and plug in the microphone input or anything like four inches they're like they're smaller than the lens of the camera it is the most low profile mic you could possibly have if we go through security and have it on top of our camera or take it out of our pockets and put it on the x-ray instantly every single time it's you can't have this in here and i have to explain no i've been bringing this microphone every single time i'm allowed to have it the camera records audio regardless of whether or not it's on there yeah i'm just doing it so at least it sounds a little bit better in this day and age you're telling me i can bring a selfie stick into universal orlando but i can't have a microphone to make my camera sound better that i'm using to ultimately make videos that show how much fun i'm having at universal you're crazy crazy you're insane so take a step back please from that but ultimately with that then the the caveat is it goes through a metal detector if it's in a bag then all of a sudden it goes through no problems whatsoever yep. and so in situations like that yeah i know if we're going in if we're going in to just hang out have a fun time i'm probably not bringing a backpack if i'm going as like a normal guest and i just want to relax and have a good time at universal no backpack for me as soon as it's for work yeah i have to have a backpack because i have to have my equipment but if you're not in that situation if you don't have to carry everything you have if you don't have to carry snacks if you don't don't have to carry life-saving medical equipment stuff like that uh, then don't go light it's these parks get tiring so why make it extra hard on yourself so uh, the benefits do of if you're staying on site, then you know you have that that close by place where you can just run to if you need anything from your room. It really doesn't take that much effort. So uh, you know you're staying at Cabana Bay, a little far away, maybe that might be tough. But um, but those are the the answers to the three ones there. Are there any other things that you think a first timer should have when going to Universal? Mm, no. Should have. Yeah. I feel like mine would have been the bag. <laughs> and I shot that down. Well, Flying you make a good point about the bag, but we've discussed that about what whether you need yeah. it or not. But bags that's aren't the only my bags, thing that baby. I think. My thing is like think about the merchandise you might get though, because the Harry Potter ones come in really long boxes and they give you really awkward bags for it. And so my thing is like if you're ever gonna get one of those, bring a bag. I don't like carrying those boxes. But that's just me. That's just me, bro. Yeah. No, that's uh I can't think of anything. We kind of covered with a lot of Kai Girls questions and a lot of Canadian Disney Nuts questions about that. I think we gave like first timers a little extra information here Mm -hmm. without overdoing it. So this is this is a topic I want to come back to regularly as we see more questions from first timers. uh, Try to try to answer it and kind of 
maybe hopefully one day, you know, compile everything into one succinct show where you can understand as a first timer what are the must things to do what about times of year which express pass should i get which place should i stay things like that so um hopefully we can kind of uh branch, branch it all together yeah. it all good. so uh that's it for this episode so i would say normally you know we're trying to add in the questions from last week but this entire show was about answering questions so i'm not going to answer no more questions yeah, for you i'm not going to answer questions on top of questions here so uh but Remember, uh, when next week we're not planning on doing an episode like this. So in that circumstance, please, uh, in this video uh, or by emailing us or tweeting at us, whatever, ask your questions away. So, of course, you can always do that in the comments down below on this video. If you're listening to this, you can do it by tweeting at DizUniversal, Rhino1185, Rhino spelled R-Y-N-O, and then Teleclaster, uh, or emailing us, podcast at DizUnplugged.com. So thank you, Rhino, for having this conversation with me. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being here. And uh, thank you to everyone out there for listening and watching. If you need more information, as always, disunplug.com, home on the show notes page for the show and all the others on the Disunplugged podcast network. You can find links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and so much more, including our email address. Once again, podcast at disunplugged.com. Also, I have to give a shout out to Disboards.com. Of course, it's a great resource to help you plan your universal vacation as well as any other Disney destination, uh, any place that we cover on the boards. It's a, it's a great and helpful resource. Obviously, it's the the place that helped inspire this day's this show today. So uh, you know, you never know if you're posting away on there when we're going to pull what you're saying and use it for a show topic mm-hmm. in the future. So keep that in mind. Keep it keep it in there. So if you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead, subscribe, hit that bell button so you get notified anytime we have new videos. Leave those comments below. Hit that thumbs up and just uh, keep keep coming back, please. Helps us keep our jobs. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever, go ahead. Uh, make sure you are subscribed. You get every new episode as it comes out. Uh, and if you're able to rate and review us in any place with that, go ahead and do that as well. So thank you again for everyone out there for listening and watching. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you again next week with another episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. Until then, remember, we still haven't changed the name. 